You're listening to The RC, your guide to digital cinema, filmmaking, and cutting-edge imaging. Hi, welcome to this week's RC podcast covering digital cinematography. This week we'll be covering ARRI, connectors, mounts, gear, weapons, and more. This and more here on the uh, F- <laughs> FX, the FX Guide RC podcast, uh, where we see our role as to mine uh, the news, the filters, the blogs, go down some rat holes, discuss work that we've been up to, and uh, look at all the camera tech we're discussing, obsessing, and arguing about, including the stuff we just got back from arguing over lunch about. Uh, this is the conversation that we have. We want you to be a part of the conversation. And of course, as always, I'm joined by Mr. Jason Wingrove. Hello. Welcome. Hey, Jason. Uh, Welcome. <laughs> So, as we're recording this, um, we are still a few weeks out from NAB. Already, uh, things are uh, circling. Um, Things are looking promising. We're going to, I think, probably have most of the announcements before NAB. So, we're trying another show in right before NAB. But, I mean, some people like, oh, I don't know, Blackmagic tend to announce at the show. Um, But almost everybody else. If there's anything left, Red might have something left as well to announce. You think Red will have something left? (laughs) It's a slow, it's a slow tease. Long, <laughs> slow, comfortable screw. So, so uh, you mentioned red there. We we've already mentioned that the uh, weapon looks like it'll be uh, showing uh, in full force at NAB. Of course, no idea when it'd actually be shipping. Um, if past things are any go by, we have a choice of things here. We can either believe they've changed their tune and they're going to actually ship very quickly, otherwise they wouldn't be showing it. They're only talking about things they can ship soon. Or <laughs> That's they true, w- they did say that, didn't yes. they? Or they could go on past um, uh, performance, which is to say they'll show it at NAB and it'll be sometime after that before it's actually sometime. available. Sometime. Sometime. How long was sometime, I was trying to remember, from the actual Epic announcement to me having Epic X number years. 22. Pretty low down the scale, Epic X 22 in my hand. Yeah. Anyway. It was... We're seeing photos now. Many a page of turning of the calendar before between those two events. We're seeing photos from presumably what looks like um, a shoot on set with the weapon. There's a woman with a weapon, an actual weapon. um, That's true. Showing the epic itself, uh, not the epic, the weapon uh, from red. And uh, and that's a promising photo. We don't have any specs or anything, but um, if anything to go by, it looks like it's a a similar form factor redesigned... um, with, I imagine, uh, a bunch more controls that are permanently on the side of it as opposed to permanently on the back of it. Um, but the thing that they're promising kind of in snippets that have gone out is that it's going to be like a full sensor, like a VistaVision kind of thing. That was the camera that you wanted, really. I mean, you from the outset yeah. said you wanted that. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, the full-frame thing was... Uh, it's always been something I've been chasing. It looks very interesting. I mean, we believe it's... We can only presume it's going to be something approaching full frame. Uh, Jared's uh, shown a picture of the the gate, the the front uh, front mount of the camera, and with the words Vista next to it. We can only presume it's the first, it's the second in the. I guess Dragon was the first of the Monstro sensors, and this one would be the next gen, and that's would be uh, if Vista actually means Vista Vision, then yeah, pretty much full frame and uh, and. Um, stop the presses, uh, ProRes as well on board. We obviously are yet to know. There will be no doubt limitations as there are with uh, most cameras that are spitting out ProRes that the ProRes they can record uh, is limit, is more limited than the resolutions they record in their native codec like, say, Sony do. You know, I mean, the camera itself, we don't even know what the resolutions are. It may be 8K as has been sort of rumoured on and off. It may just be 
uh, a sick, maybe what would be interesting would be a larger sensor version of a larger sensor size version of dragon and if you spread those 6k photosites across a larger sensor then you're going to get uh quite a sensitive uh a much more sensitive camera than than the current dragon which isn't that sensitive really you might end up getting higher base iso which would be pretty good because the dragon sort of lags behind a bit really in that department compared to um compared to a couple of other uh, other also rants sony in particular always um, pushing those barriers. So, do you find the Sony noisy? No. Okay. I don't. I have had I have had that comment made that yeah. it can get noisy. While you can theoretically pump it up a lot in ISO. It depends on whether you're shooting in. I mean, if this is common with the F five or fifty five or the FS seven. It has like the two modes: the custom mode and Cine EI mode. Which is like Cine EI mode is like sort of close to raw, in theory, in that. Um, color temperature and ISO and all of that stuff is academic and doesn't change what it basically records. It purely just shows you what it's, um, you know, it changes what what you're viewing. Uh, and I think, for, although they're starting to switch it on now, a couple of the cameras, I think the FS7 as well, there's no, being sort of more of a base output or more of a rawish output or a more, a more or a less processed uh, recording the noise reduction isn't there which is there in other modes so yes it, the noisy thing uh, happens in some modes but not i don't shoot in this in eei mode i shoot in custom mode which is a little less uh, a little less a little easier for my brain to get around and uh but and has some and there is some inherent noise reduction going on in the background which i don't notice it just just does it so if I was to be super um, I'm serious for a second, because I'm, I'm really not being sarcastic, um, what would the, a weapon look like from Red that would make you say, okay, that's it, I'm just totally sold, that's what I want? Well, actually, what we're seeing, the pictures of, of weapon are looking really impressive. Uh, I mean, the main th- one of the things that uh, pushed me away a little bit was uh, the... Uh, I mean, the, the ability for me, and it wasn't a fault of the camera, my, the inability for me to be able to get full-frame look, even through a speed booster or some way, uh, I couldn't achieve that. So that was that was, that was was one thing. But that was my, that's my limitation, not necessarily the camera's limitations. Um, uh, the full-frame, uh, full, uh, f- full-size audio connections will be good because at the moment there isn't anything. It doesn't look like we're seeing anything. I think it might be 3.5mm jacks again. It looks like on the rear, there's a latest shot with uh, Peter Jackson there mm. looks like there's two 3.5mm jacks on the back and one looks like mic in and the one next to it looks like headphone out. So full-size, full-frame sensor, full, full-size uh, audio. Those, I'd love to know the, well, I'd love to know the specs of the, the, the ProRes because part of the thing, although RAW is fantastic and it's great for some jobs when you have data and you can, you can r- run with that. But I'd love to, you know, the, what would be great to be revealed would be what are this going to be the ProRes specs, what's the limitations on ProRes and the frame rate limit, limitations. Um, and also I'm, I'm imagining that there's not going to be any real free lunch with this full-frame sensor that uh, um, as we've seen with previous, uh, you know, iterations from, from RED is that uh, and just by sheer limitations of just physics and, and actual data throughput is that 
you get to a certain frame rate and you get cropped. You know, you can only go to a certain frame rate before you jump down to 4K or, you know, 3K or whatever. Obviously, as things have improved, they've streamlined things. We've got better at that and you've been able to stay uncropped for, for, for higher frame rates. But now we're going into a brand new sensor. Um, what What is going to be... That's a big leap from um, even from, from Dragon to full frame what's going to be the limitations how 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 many frame rate how, how many frames per second can you hang on to the the full frame before you or vista vision before you have to start to bump it down because at the moment i you know something f55 all other cameras pretty much 120 180 frames all that stuff you don't have to do any um you don't get cropped you get sensor cropped you might your resolution might jump down from to 1080 from from two and a half K say to ten eighty or from four K or Ultra H D down to ten eighty, but you uh won't get windowed and won't get cropped. So that'd be good to know. They're not actually stopping selling the Epic. No, of course. Um, and dragon. your Epic won't stop working. And yeah. your Dragon won't stop working and they're not still stopping Dragon. Dragon is a stop along the way that if you already own a Dragon, you can upgrade. Uh we don't know the upgrade path yet and the big shoe that is yet to drop, no doubt, Mike, despite what you say about their um, them changing the way they announce things and only announcing stuff when they're ready to ship. Uh, I do still worry that, that there will be a long delay between ordering between a couple of weeks from now and when people actually, real people, actual, you know, non-celebrity humans get get a, get a camera. So that yeah. will, that will be that will be that will be a real uh, a real proof of pudding. There is no need to upgrade to a Dragon before NAB to be in the running. No. But you want to be on a Dragon to be in line for the weapon. And exact details, of course, are going to all, you know, be up and down and all over. Yeah. I mean, it looks like, and if it's a different sensor, and I'm sure it has been already been said, that that there is a vast majority, if not all of the internals are are different. So... uh, it does seem a little bit odd to me that you have to go if you're if you're if you're on Epic that you have to change a sensor, spend whatever ten thousand dollars to change your sensor into a Dragon, as a byproduct or as a step to basically having it all replaced to go to uh, a weapon. I doubt there's very much in common between the two cameras at all. There's a long time in development from when the Epic was first designed to now. And there's no yeah. doubt an awful lot more stuff they can cram into that similar size form factor. So something that I found interesting is that the new weapon will use the Red Vault. Um, and what I found interesting about that is that I just didn't really think the Red Vaults had kind of taken off because they didn't seem to have enough capacity. No, I think what looks like on the back there is the Red Vault XL, which is the mm. double, double sized yep. one. And then, of course, what we're not factoring in here is the fact with. Uh, you know, with modern design, even though we've got a larger sensor and, you know, maybe potentially higher resolutions, uh, that this all could be way more efficient. The Epic, I think, used to run for about 20 minutes on a Red Vault and it was quite inconvenient and you needed an awful lot of them. Mm. It was convenient, brilliantly convenient that it fitted snugly inside the side handle. It's fantastic. But uh, so I don't know, maybe with more efficient electronics, uh, another three or four years down the track electronically. Um, but, and but, I mean, the, the double the red, size X, the, the yeah, Red Vault XL. But the XL's only provided twice the charge of a single yeah. Red Vault. So they'll basically yes. double the size for double the power. Yes. But and that's 90, 
watt hours, I think, like lithium. Yeah, I think. Yep, that sounds right. I think it was forty-five uh, watts for the the, the X, for the red volts and yeah. ninety or so for the XLs. So if you have, but the camera may be fifty percent more efficient. Right. So that that's what I'm hoping, and of course, I think maybe going for now the form that battery whereby. It looks like it's stacked on the back, mm. kind of like you know a V lock or anything. Yeah. And of course, as we've always done, they've always had the red vault solutions. But there's always, always been a path towards put Anton Bauer or put V lock on the back as well. So you'll always have that that option if you're a heavy user and you want to sort of go a little bit more, you know, a bit more heavy duty. Don't mind a bit more weight on the back, and you need a bit more. You need some. You need more. You need more time between battery changes. So. Maybe they'll do a Red Volt XL XL, which is the same form factor and docks on, but is like a deeper battery, kind of like that Sony, you know, the Sony NP type system where you have small, medium, large, etc., and, and, and uh, insanely long batteries, but all is on the same battery mount, but the battery just gets longer and longer. So maybe they'll they'll do that. The proof, you know, we'll find out. I guess once they start to roll out, and we'll know what the uh, how efficient this, well, this camera is. You but. will be there. So that'll be good. I will. Whether they will really know at that point what the runtime will be. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it will definitely interesting, and it's definitely seeing some great things in design. Again, to do ProRes, that is a major thing. That is something everybody has been clamoring for for a long time, and hopefully, there's not going to be too much of a hobbling in that department. Yep. Yay! Well done. Um, so, yeah, so, well, well done, I will say this, if what we see at NAB is realistic, deliverable, and comes to pass. And the yeah. money. Well, yeah. What even it's going to cost. We know what it's yeah. cost to get to Dragon, but if you already own a Dragon, or if you just stay with Epic and you skip that, that, that step, maybe in six months, whatever time, when they have an upgrade pro- program, or you sell your Epic, or if you're coming in just clean, that'll be the test because they're up against Alexa Mini, up against uh, yeah. a lot of a lot of cameras now in in the market that uh, you don't necessarily have to have 8K, but you just want to have a really nice, you want to have nice dynamic range, you want to have good ISO, and you want to have a nice small form factor. Uh, these are the deciding factors, and uh, to have it in something that you know, that is competitive from not forget the upgrades, forget the going from you know abc and the obsolescence literally just bare bones walking in with an with an with a blank check what is the walk away price for a uh, for a weapon and the big cost and uh, one thing that is still a bit of a i guess is is more from the red of old is the fact that it is now uh, going to uh, no doubt have to have the high red or the high the higher spec uh, SSDs and they only use the mini SSDs. So any larger SSDs you have are all pointless. And I think they sell a four pack of them for about ten thousand dollars now. So wow. your media costs immediately to have a workable pack of pack of media is is immediately ten grand. So who knows if 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 you already have a Epic to with regular SSDs, the changeover. I guess the body changeover is ten grand to get to Dragon. Say it's just say. I'm sure it's probably not. I'm sure it's more. But say it's another ten grand to get to Weapon. Then you got to have another ten grand, say, for media. So it you, sounds about up, doesn't it? So you're looking at thirty thousand dollars turnaround. Hey, so what do you think about the Arri SXT? Uh, yeah. Well, what's interesting is it's 
very much being pushed as so this is new cameras and also it's a, a uh, upgrade path from current uh, XT cameras. Yeah. It's XT with an S. XT with an S. So I think it's following on from what they've done uh, with, I think they did it with Amir or something, that, that, that it's that it's um, 4K. It's basically an up-resed 4K, right, Mike? Tell me you've done more research than me. <laughs> <laughs> that it's the sensor is still the, self, the same 3.5K sensor, but it's creating uh, 4K and Ultra HD ProRes. Uh, so it's essentially it's an up-resed. And I think they've done. They did the test whereby they looked at original 4K and and then they've compared it to their for up-resed 4K and they've found it to be, you know, compared losslessly between the two. That, yeah, that's my it, understanding. It isn't. It isn't going to be lossless, but it's going to be darn well, close. Because visually imperceptible. Visually imperceptible. Yeah, I've got to tell you, you if you sort of think, well, I don't want up-res. That sounds dodgy. Just think about how good up-res standard def looks at yeah. HD. And that's like a four-time scale. That'd be like taking yeah. 3.5K and taking it up to 12K. Yeah. So going for sort of just over 3.5 to 4 isn't actually that big a leap. No, it's not It's it's not really, is and it? And most people are going to look at it at 2K. Yes. Um, so, and you're starting yeah. off with a really very, very good 3.5K. You know? So, yeah. I'm, I mean, I generally don't like image processing on stuff, but I've got to say in this particular case... Look, you know, the bottom line is as much as everybody's raving about 4K cameras, most material isn't finished at 4K. Yeah, because obviously you, Mike, are very much more in touch with the visual effects side of things and you are very much, uh, you have first-hand or, you know, second-hand knowledge of visual effects pipelines for all the major and A-list, B-list, C-list, whatever features out there and you know what resolutions they're working at. They might be doing 4K DIs, hmm. but it's essentially all from 2K material, right? Most, well, I mean, well, how many, how many, feature, how many features, yeah, obviously, of. say say the high-end, high you know, more visual effects-based features, how many, they're all f- finishing in 2K, Mostly right? finishing in 2K, yeah. I mean, there are things that are in 4K, but it's more the exception than the rule. So definitely. they might be creating a 4K DI for, for presentation, but it is essentially up-res, right? Yeah. Actually, one of the things I was interested in this also, and uh, I don't know how far across this is, but I don't think you and I have talked about it, is that um, in terms of workflows, this camera is working, obviously, uh, you know, as Aries do with, like, really great material, but it also offers a Rec. Uh, 2020 gamma. Yeah. Which is interesting, obviously, because the, the whole thing about Rec. 2020 as opposed to Rec. 709, um, that defines the 384 to 384.0 and the, uh, you know, the effectively 8K that is um, 7680 by 2320. Um, but the point about it is it's a wider color space. It's a, basically a very large color space compared to Rec. Uh, 709. So you've got like the higher resolution, the possibility of running 12 bits a sample, which is what most I think would be. But, uh, and then this you know, increased color space, um, that's going to provide a much more worthwhile uh, space to grade out of. I mean, it's pretty impressive. Um, I think Avid, uh, end of last year, uh, did an update to Media Composer to support uh, Rec 2020. Uh-huh. And um, certainly, you know, that'll be something that I think will be one of those questions that people are starting to ask on the show floor. Uh, you know, I mean, the ARRI is going to do the STXT line, doing Apple ProRes 4K in Rec 2020. Yeah. And 
And that's significant, right? Because I would actually say to you, more times than you're aware, you're going to want increased color space and uh, and range of color uh, for being able to grade up and expand and, and uh, do the kind of things that you want to do. And, and as well, um, meet the expectations of uh, new display technologies than you are needing to go, you know, super high res. Yeah. I mean, that it's going to take a fair while for us to, for for display devices, displays, projection, projectors in cinemas, just the average um, LCD TV at home to start doing 2020. So we have no idea really what, I've never seen 2020 material yeah. on a 2020 display. Right. So I have no idea NAB, yeah. what. Blu-ray yes. Blu is going to ship 4K Blu-rays and that'll be in 2020. 2020. And most monitors of quality will will um, really appreciate having a, a wider gamut, though whether or not they can fully support Well, we notice it though. Have you seen it? I mean, it's well, on a proper... I'd be keen to know what the, what the difference is visually... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, but my point is though that you're going to appreciate it more in grading, because uh, you I and understand. I have it's seen a, right. some really amazing grades lately. Yeah. And definitely. If definitely. you're getting, so like, so here's the thing, right? If you yeah, want a larger really, color palette to work with, even though you might be squashing it down to seven or nine output, you've got you've got more bits and greater color range to work with. Yeah, but but I'm saying it in the Apple ProRes, you see. So like it's it's another reason to stay with ProRes before going to RAW yeah. or going to, you know, an uncompressed in that the ProRes, which is meant to be this compressed format that, you know, isn't any good. Yeah. Ha ha ha. Is in fact 4K expanded color space. I mean, it's a kick-ass format Apple's um yeah, presumption that is dumped long ago and Apple stopped supporting it and it's an ancient format and we're constantly seeing move it used to have a it used to have a hard limit of i don't know you couldn't even do more than 1080 and clearly they've changed the specs now we're doing now seeing full cine 4k out of it and direct 2020 and they keep adding prores specs Mm. right there's a new i mean it was invented in 2007 right right? yeah there's a new prores spec right a new high-end one beyond sort of 4444 the XQ? XQ, is it? Yeah. Um, the Which is 16 bit or something. was middle of last year, right? Right. Um, and it's 500 megabits a second uh, at uh, 1920, 1080 kind of right. things. Um, I don't think, I mean, for my money, yeah, it, it's, I love ProRes. I love the idea. It is obviously lossy in the sense that no one's pretending that you don't lose something. Yeah. But if you've got uh, an ARRI running in this uh, ProRes format that is 4K and has huge amounts of color uh, space, it just it's a lot longer before I need to go to RAW. Yeah, exactly. And so for... Exactly. If there's so that, I mean, if we've got anything near this kind of ProRes happening out of the... Uh, out of the weapon, it'll be fantastic, and it'll be a real step. But and it is coming out of the SXT. It shows a brave, if the, if it does, for, from Red's point of view, it shows a real a brave. No, no, I tell you, but, but I'm saying it is going to be coming out of yes, the SXT. Absolutely, absolutely, so, um, absolutely. But so yes, that would be the question my, to ask. Yeah, but I, before I was saying, you know, ProRes is kind of almost a hobbling thing, but this shows that it's clearly it's going hills, forward. Yeah. It's it's yeah, totally. it's 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 something that can be close give something interesting to see the comparison between the dynamic range and what you can actually get out of the data you can extract out of the red raw well it's, versus it's funny you should say that mr versus that. 
because I can tell you off the record, as long as you don't tell anybody else. Okay. Yeah? Sure. So. You know me. Yes, exactly. I know you. So uh, just just as a little secret between you, for those of you that are in Sydney, uh, we're probably going to have a colour science-y type um, night around SIMPTI where we're actually going to look at these issues of like doing SIMPTI DCP and why has there not been more take-up and what are the Im- in implications over that and then look at, you know, what are the um, gamut mapping and colour space conversion issues between 2020 and seven. 709, because that's another thing, right? Like, you have to convert to 709 still for many applications. Mm. So, if somebody just says, hey, can you run me out the 709 version of this? Uh, you know, you want to know, does that going to cost me anything? Is it going to look any different? Uh, and how's it going to look different if it is? So, we're doing all that probably, I think, on the Tuesday of um, Simpty in Australia, which is coming up. And that'll be, uh, I'll, I'll give you more details is closer it? to the when day. Where is Simpty in Australia? Oh, within so, Melbourne. No, no, Simpty's in uh, Sydney. I, I will get you the one. date. There you go. Okay, cool. Simpty in Sydney is, Excellent. I'm going to say June, but yeah. I'm going to... Cool. I'm going to get the... Um, Excellent. Give me one second and I'll give you the dates. Um, and the dates are July 14 to 15. And so, yeah. So, okay. anyway, in Sydney, not actually part of the conference, but at the same time, we're going to have a, uh, uh, like, how to film for these how to film for these spaces and what the implications are from camera to post. Specifically, I guess, um, someone like you, I guess, somebody that wants to understand how to film and is it going to make any difference and where is it going to make a difference? But with a bit of... I'm not giving the presentation. It's uh, We've got some guests coming in from overseas to do okay. it. But I'm, I'm really keen to explore this myself. Yeah. Because you're absolutely right. Like, what are those differences and where are you going to notice them? And I think that's what we want to know, isn't it? I mean, that's what I want to know. I mean, we might not be... It's just to give you options. You know, there might not yep. be much difference in terms of data output. It might not be a much smaller hard drive's worth of rush at the end of the day if you go from 6K or 8K red raw to, to you know, ProRes, XQ, QX, whatever it is. Um, but it just might be an option that the post path one might suit a post house more than another or or the editor or their or their, um, or their planned you know, workflow or what, what NLE they're using. So changing gears a little bit. Changing gears. You showed me a picture of what I thought was an iPhone stuck on top of a 5D Mark III. Oh, yes. And it's actually a small HD Yeah, a small iPhone. HD 502. They're making, mm. they're making iPhones now? Yes. Something new from small HD. Love this company, of course. Oh, yeah. Have, uh, you know, been uh, friends of the show and, uh, and good oh, to me since, since, since day one. Yeah. Uh, at yeah, NAB when they launched, uh, gosh, I don't know, six something years ago. Um, the 502 looks very interesting, and it, uh, I've been told it has a little trick up its sleeve. And if you are going to NAB, apparently, as you hold on, I'll just check whether I need to, I don't know, just make sure I'm not allowed to say this. So, the 502, just uh, just while Jason's saying that and look, yep. checking that, is basically it looks a lot like the form factor of an iPhone. Um, it's a 1080p full resolution uh, SDI HDMI kind of small monitor that would attach without bugging anyone, like a five-inch full HD monitor uh, that would attach to a camera or whatever. Um, and it has a really good uh, color gamut range. Yeah, that is really in fact impressive. better than Rec. Seven Hundred Nine. 
greater um, than Rec 709, not 2020, but yep. greater than Rec 709. And they reckon, the cal- even though they can't, obviously, probably can't compare apples to apples, they're saying it's getting close to OLED in, to, in terms of way Oh, I thought it was. It deals- I thought it was. No, it's not an OLED. No, it's not screen. an OLED. Okay. It's not an OLED. Um, so, yeah, five inch, full 1080. Now, this is quite, not many. In fact, there's very, very few monitors, even the larger seven inch from them and other providers that are actually, most of them are 720. People have been busting to get, and we will still be busting to get larger monitors, you know, like the seven inches on boards that are 1080. I'm pretty sure the DP7 and stuff is like is like 720p. So this is, uh, uh, so it's five inch. The iPhone six to give you some reference. It's halfway between, say, an iPhone and a six and a six plus. The six is plus is 5.5 inches. An iPhone six is 4.7. So somewhere in there, and there's full 1920. 1080, which the only the iPhone the six plus is, so it's a six plus resolution in a small, slightly smaller form factor. Joysticks, not touch screen, a joystick menu control. So would we say that it's similar to a Retina display? It is better than Retina then, because I know what Retina is on a well, iPad it's better mini. than what what they call, they call. Like on a, on, a, on an iPad Mini, a Retina is two oh four eight by fifteen thirty six. They right? do actually list the. On their website, they list the pixel oh, good. density somewhere there. Um, but yes, it is. Uh, well, it, it, it's greater than the iPhone six, um, what they call Retina, because it is the same resolution as the six plus in a smaller screen size. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's that. Four forty one pixels per inch. Uh so yes, they isn't that sorry? Just to stop you for a second, four forty one yes. isn't that an amazing number? Like I remember when three hundred DPI was print res, like the default. Yes, for a print right. magazine that was premium print mag was three hundred DPI. We used to live at seventy two DPI in video and think we were like you know, okay, three hundred DPI was just the standard, and it's four hundred and something. Wow. Yeah, now even this is going. Uh, this is almost probably going on. The DP seven itself was essentially. And, and monitors like it are, are a computer, a computer with a screen. Basically, yep. it's amazingly powerful. Uh, and even going on from say the DP7 platform, this is going to really allow them to to add some amazing features coming for, going forward. Uh, and, and obviously, the fact that it's that's full 1080 HDMI and SDI in and out and cross conversion in something this small is just it's just amazing. Very very light, very very thin. And kudos to. Um, to small HD because I don't think anyone really is doing this and uh, more of it is the cables go in the back they don't stick down from below they don't <laughs> stick up from above they don't stick out the side stick it out the back that's kind of where you can at least get in the way of stuff if you you know look on the show notes just just simple if you imagine it rigged and mo- uh, rigged as an EVF you don't want cables sticking out the right hand side because that's going to get in the way of rotation out the left just makes the camera wider stick it down below that gets in the way of the follow focus stick it above and it just that's just stupid you got a cable that loops right up and has to come back down again so it's amazing but yes uh, there it does have a um, I've been told there is a little um, a product that's related to the 502, uh, not announced yet, but uh, if you are going to NAB, uh, I've been told to look at the front of the convention center as you walk in and all will be revealed. That's all I know. I'm very keen to find out what that is. It's an attachment or a... Uh... I don't know. Well, I don't know. Maybe it controls something. Maybe it controls something else. There's another 
the rainbow the um the rainbow? there's another there's another there's another monitor out there which is a touchscreen monitor mm-hmm. and that um uh star the star gosh i can't remember the name um the uh starbright starlight monitor yeah i think that uh, that Ari are working with them to make it the touchscreen interface for the alexa mm-hmm. mini so, because it doesn't really have its own, yeah, you, know, yeah, you yeah. can use the the Amira viewfinder. But, and so you've got a little uh, yeah. joystick so, on this one, right? Yes, this is not touchscreen; it's got a joystick in it. So I don't know; it's going to link with link or play with some other sort of product. We don't know yet, so it should be very so interesting. So I guess the question is, for a monitor like this, how much are we spending? <laughs> Good uh, question. I mean, again, there's a lot of it can't be it can't be. You'd want it to be like a grand. It you, can't this? be About too much. I mean, if you look at something like a. You got the price of like two grand, for, and you can buy, and you can buy an Odyssey Seven Q, yeah, and that's seven yeah. inch yeah, true. OLED, and it records, yeah, right, and so. it has SD, and it comes with SSDs in it. That's amazing. Um, that, that's that, yeah, that, that is that, that's amazing. pretty amazing. So you know, and this is smaller. Yes, it's got sort of function. I don't know. It's going to be. Yeah, I guess it's grand less. I mean, it would be amazing if it's less than a grand. But I'd say, yeah, grand fifteen hundred bucks maybe. I'd, I'd say it's probably. It's definitely worth a grand and a bit for sure, and oh. it would be good to see what this next, the coming functionality is going to be. Maybe it's got an S, it's got an SD card, and I presume that at the moment that'll be for LUTs and things. Maybe it'll record. That'd be great if it could record. That'd be awesome. Uh, maybe something wireless. I don't know. Maybe it docks into a wireless thing. I don't know. So it's got a couple of LPE6 batteries on the back, uh, but no doubt the other battery plates coming because uh, LPE6. It's kind of old technology these days. That's the battery out of... Remember the 5D? I think that's the battery out of the 5D. Yes, yes. yes. So, yes so I got a lot, of those. a lot of those. I got a lot of those batteries. I don't yeah. have a 5D to stick it in, but I have a lot of those batteries. So that's... Uh, it does yeah. have an SD card slot on it, Yes, right? it does. Yeah, that's right. And, so and is that, that for LUTs? And, and that, at the moment, any of the, the DP7, DP6 and things like... Uh, the DP7 has a SD card slot, and that is for LUTs. Uh, they have a fantastic workflow of being able to put LUTs in, viewing LUTs, um, and also obviously for firmware updates. So that's what that's been used for in the past. So um, maybe the, there will be this being even you know even another couple of generations along from the DP7. Hopefully, we'll have some more functionality again. Oh, recording, I, I, recording, I really I think recording. Can we have recording, please? I really want one of these because I really want an external monitor I can travel with. I can't yeah. tell you how much I would like one of these for yeah. when I'm traveling as an external monitor. Yeah. I mean, seven inch is pretty standard. I always have a seven inch on the top of my cameras, regardless yeah. from the five. But it's going to weigh F5. more, right? Yeah, they're pretty, this, this they're, they're not pound. too bad. If you don't have any, ba- if you're powering it off the camera and you don't have any batteries on it, it's not too bad. This is pretty lightweight. I don't know what the specs are on the weight of this thing. but it's uh, less than I'm a sure pound, I think. Um, but seven inch has been the standard, or at least I've been using it as a bit of a standard because... Uh, it's just easy to pick focus. You know, it's just a larger, it's a larger monitor. It's easy to pick yeah. focus, but you can go smaller if the resolution is higher. So yeah, this could well be. I guess this is almost the same, essentially, as a as a larger monitor with less resolution. This is a smaller one with higher resolution. It, this could be. I don't know. This could be a good on uh, onboard standard. Who knows? Now you anyway, found, you well found done. Something chaps, really, really I want to see it. I you want found to something. Touch it. I want to own it. Sorry. No, no, I agree. I totally want one too. Hey, um, you found something really obscure this week, uh, in oh. terms of gear. Oh yes, the safe tap. Oh yeah. Well, this is awesome. Anybody who's well, dealing uh, with 
DTAP, right? DTAP yeah. is like a horrid little virus. It's on everything. It's on batteries. It's on cameras. Yeah. It's it. But if you've ever used them, they are a little fucker of a connector because you can, you can, it is very easy because it's literally the battery is just the 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 DTAP connector is generally there's no electronics on the back end of it. It's literally just wired straight into the the balls of, of a big V-lock battery, right? So literally all the voltage of the battery is connected right to the two pins in the middle of a DTAP battery, yeah. okay? So, and even from even from A-list manufacturers, not some cheap sort of Chinese knockoff plugs, top quality DTAP battery and a DTAP, DTAP plug, you can put the two together and plug them together uh, upside down. You can basically do ver- reverse polarity very easily. And because it is such a raw basic, it probably started in the 60s or 70s as a way to be able to plug a light in, right? Well, it didn't matter whether you reverse polarity. It didn't matter. You shove it in, light works. Great, fantastic. I'll plug it into my old ARRI, whatever. So these days we're plugging into monitors. We're plugging in recorders, plugging in some pretty, very, very expensive and quite sensitive stuff. So this is called the LentEquip SafeTap connector. Basically, it is a small DTAP plug. So you can buy these things, I think, uh, 16 by 9 ink. That's the only place I've really been able to see them for sale for about $79 each. Really expensive, but a lot cheaper than killing a $2,500 Odyssey 7Q or a $3,000 OLED monitor. So what it is, it's it's basically an, an active, a smart DTAP plug. Okay? So it actually has like a sleep mode. So if the draw goes down to a little bit, it'll actually shut off like a little battery protector on your on your car or whatever so it will literally stop battery drain overnight if there's only a little minimal amount of drain mm-hmm. it will protect against um reverse polarity over voltage uh, and yeah it will stop drain and stuff and it's got little led on the front of it multicolor led on the front that will let you know if it's green or if it's reverse polarity or if it's in sleep mode very 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 clever for a very very small little plug that isn't much bigger than the average DTAP plug itself, except it's basically just, yeah, has its, imagine a DTAP plug with a tiny circuit board and an LED on it that will pre- prevent you from screwing something really expensive. Very clever. Check it out. LentEquip, L-E-N-T-E-Q-U-I-P, unlike I've spelt it here on the show notes. Uh, the safe tap connector. Very cool. And if DTAP is all you have, this is actually make this will actually make you people less afraid of of DTAP because it's a scary, horrible. It's like it's the equivalent of you know the old caravan hookups. You know, <laughs> it's 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 that shabby and that shitty. Really, it is really terrible. Oh, so dear. anyway, um, yeah. Okay, another piece of gear which I've ordered. Unfortunately, I was hoping to try and get it uh, in my hand before I reviewed it, but I just know it's going to be good. So I'm just going to go ahead and mention it as well, particularly because I've been given a discount code. I've been wanting to buy one of these for forever because really no one else makes anything like this. The extender mounts, anybody's probably got these X T E N D E R. Uh, I think their website is theextender.com. Uh, T H E extender. So no X, no E at the front of it. Um, it's basically a, Rather than as it's an alternative to the classic kind of Israeli arm or Noga arm for monitor mounts or light mounts or anything mounting on anything on top of the camera, it's kind of like a. I'm trying to think of what the what the equivalent is. It's kind of like the it's kind of like the you know the old remember the old sort of angle poise lamp iMac 
kind of thing. It's kind of it's kind mm-hmm. of like that, which is like a friction position. You wherever you yep. position it, and it stays there. But it's sort of friction and sprung kind of um, version. Because when you put you put a really expensive monitor on the end of one of those Noga arms and you undo them, obviously there is a point where it goes from holding it to Two. it's just loose and it's going to smash. Down, it's going to yeah. flip around your hand and just smash on the on the corner of the camera and be screwed. So this basically is just set and forget, and uh, they've got lots of different models. Um, and the, the top of the line one, I think, if I remember correctly, yeah. is like uh, um, two hundred and fifty bucks. Not cheap, but good Noga arms are not cheap <clears> either, <throat> and if more not cheap as those Manfrotto hydrostatic ones, which is like f- hydraulic fluid, and they've got a bit more friction. But there's nothing to unlock with these. It's basically just once you set it to the weight that it's always going to carry, hmm. then that's it. So you can swing it out or a- angle it up and down. And yeah, so... I mean, there are smaller ones that are like 140 bucks. Yeah, they make... It depends on how much <clears throat> you want to angle and how much, how yeah. high you want to raise your thing. And I guess depending on how, how, how heavy your item is. Uh, but uh, Extender 10 is a discount code for 10% off and that'll go right through to the end of NAB. Thank you, Extender, for... That little code, X-T-E-N-D-E-R-10. Hey, I, uh, I wanted to flag, I, I just wanted to flag something. The um, Sony uh, RX100, I was talking about how no one bought point and shoots anymore. Yeah, have you and just got one of these? Have you? They're very, well, they're, they're, they're very popular because they're now made the Mark III of this. Yeah, and it's, <clears throat> it's like a 20 megapixel camera and you can get them for around 600 bucks. Um, for the Mark III or for the – what version have you got? I was talking about the US price actually. Because um, there's an <clears throat> RX100 Mark One, Two, and Three still around. So they've definitely evolved this uh, this product line. Yeah. This is the Mark III, it's right? It's a small it's, sensor. No, no. It's, well, it's a, it's a bigger sensor. It's a one-inch sensor. Um, it's bigger than a two-thirds-inch sensor. I hate this cross pollination of I hate all that, especially those fractional ones where they yeah. say one point a one one point seventh of an inch. <laughs> I mean, I think the thing about this little camera that's interesting is it's it can go fully manual, it can shoot raw, and every and it's so funny because all these people that I respect have them. <laughs> yes, um, and. Now, the thing is, I still know that most of the time people take shots on their iPhone. And I've got to tell you, the iPhone camera does not disappoint. I'm stunned with how good that sucker is. But that being said, it's not a proper raw camera. It's not a – I mean, it's a great camera if you've got another other camera, but it's not a definitive sort of thing. This is um, the sort of point and shoot that if you were going somewhere – I don't know, like say you were hiking to the top of a mountain – I'd actually want to take more than my iPhone because, yeah. quite frankly, I've just hiked to the top of a mountain. Yes. But I don't want to have to carry a, an SLR because you've just hiked, hiked to, to the, the top, top of a mountain. mountain. Yeah. So can you get, I mean, can you get things out of focus or can you mm, get yeah. any shallow depth-ishness yeah, going goes, on? Yeah, I mean, it's got a... I'm trying to work out what a one-inch sensor is, It's really. got a 1.8, um, F1.8 Carl Zeiss thing on it, like lens on it. So it's not, um, yeah, it's not dumb. Okay. Um, yeah, look, it's it's definitely um, uh, a very popular camera. As I say, they've you, they've they've, you, they've, the, they've evolved it quite say, a lot. Do you on the on the iPhone use um, like the camera app, or are you like me and use something like Filmic Pro? I always, if I'm going to just take a photo, I'll always just because it's just it's there. I just reach for the camera app, 
and then I put it into some other app and you know then sort of play with it afterwards. Screw around with it and add some pretend depth of field if need be. Yeah, I've got to say I find the the Filmic Pro is a really good thing for. Well, I guess I'd like to have more manual, and that's that gives me more manual on a on an iPhone, um, which you know I appreciate. It also gives me a level on the audio, which I really appreciate when I'm recording um, video and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, I like seeing that level and I like doing stuff. I think the what they have done, which is really nice on the um, switching gears, the iPhone camera, is let you adjust the exposure manually. Have you ever seen that? Like on the, your new iPhone? Just on the normal camera? Yeah. Like you click on your normal camera. You won't be able to do that, aren't you? I've and never, in the middle... I've never you, done that. How do you do it? So when you, when you bring out your iPhone, yes. there's a focus point that it's looking at. And there's a little faint oh, sun. Little and if you move the sun up thing. and down... It'll oh. overall... Oh! I know, it's good, isn't it? I did not... Hang on. Oh, then you can literally... Change oh. exposure. So, hang on. Change focus point by aiming at something different. Hang on. Let me and then change again. exposure. What you this can't is fantastic see is the, is the for, white balance. Uh, for... Um, oh, hey, I didn't know that. And if you swipe... If you're actually on the image, mm-hmm. if you swipe left and right, it changes the mode. You don't actually have to go down to the little words of the video or photo or no. square. Well, that's only you if you're just... shooting it vertically, my friend. If you put it horizontally. Oh, I see. If I put it, it doesn't, doesn't work, work that way then. Yeah. And who shoots horizontally? No, it, then you, it does, if you hold it horizontally, then you swipe up, up and, and down. down. Yeah, okay. So if I tap that, then I get the little sun. And then, oh, then you just... Yeah. Oh, then you can just keep swiping up and down. Drag up and down, as it were. Oh, yeah. like put your finger yes. down and drag up and down, and you'll or change you can the keep exposure. dragging. I did not know that. Yes. There you go. So I was going to say, up until that was there, having um, a camera app was really key. But I still anyway. can't see on my all my all these uh, um, sensor charts where the hell the a RX one, inch, one inch sensor yeah. sits the compared RX100 to. Is okay, it's halfway between a two a two thirds inch sensor, which is like sixteen mil, and micro four thirds. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad at all. But the other thing is it can go into full manual. But but the thing I really like about it, it's a UI thing. It's, you know, sort of dumb, I guess. But you've got these menus that pop up and you can use the front ring to adjust things. Right, smart ring so you can make it zoom or you can make it focus. Well, you can change your f-stop, yeah, like on on the ring. It's actually halfway between a two-thirds inch, I call that 16 mil, and, and Super 35. Micro four thirds being four thirds of the way, so that's halfway again. Yeah. So interesting, okay. and it's got good low light support. Um, I'm going to keep that little chart. I'm going to put that little chart. It's a in really the show good notes. little um, point and shoot. So if you had to go somewhere and shoot some stuff, mm. can shoot video, of course, nineteen twenty by ten eighty. Yeah, um, it's six hundred bucks or thereabouts in the US. It's uh, yeah, not bad. And I think there's they've uh, added things with the other ver- they made a pop up viewfinder I think in the version three or the version two along the way they've added a viewfinder which I'd, maybe you don't have in the version ah, one okay. but I think they've ma- I don't think they've massively changed the sensor much though I think they've just added some features and pop up flashes and pop up viewfinders and crazy stuff actually I'm lying I think you can get it even cheaper than I said I I thought it was six hundred but actually I think it's less anyway it's pretty pretty intriguing. The um, let me just check uh, vaguish price, but I mean it's been out for a little while. It's just I'm stunned at how many people I respect have one. Yeah, uh, John Montgomery has one. He uses it when he goes um, uh, cycling and stuff, and goes you know cycling up mountains. 
Um, okay, I'm going to quickly, because I know you've got a hard out, Mike. Uh, two things. Uh, I'm just going to quick update on the Riva Cine, um I talked yeah, about, I think, last step, which is the yeah. large variable ND. Right? Yeah. I've since had and shot a major campaign with it now on the, on the map box, in the map box, every single day. I'm blown away by this thing, right? So this is basic, quite simple. It's, it's a variable ND. It's a variable ND kit, but it's two filters, Four by five, six five fits in larger map boxes. I believe there is actually a six point six inch version coming, which would be amazing for people who use larger map boxes. Still, uh, all of the things that you come across with a variable ND, that shitty star cross thing if you go too far, uh, incredible color shift, incredible loss of sharpness. I see none. I have seen none of that in my weeks of using of this thing. Now, I think it's quite impressive. Uh, yeah, none of that. No, I'm no real color shift, which is what I was surprised. I fully thought that all of these things are just, regardless of the brand or regardless if you just buy two filters and put them in a map box and play with them, I fully expected that all of those artifacts were just part of the physics of putting two pol- right. putting two polars together, yeah, yeah. a linear and a circular polar together. That's all this is really. The key is the fact that it comes in a kit, that it is quite cheap. Uh, and it, and one of the frames, ha- the key part to it is the rotating polar tray, where literally you're just a, a knurled little thumb knob on to- either side of your map box now. You can just reach to the top of the tray and rotate this filter without having to spin the map box around. Uh, and the other key thing is that there's still $100 off using Wingrove 100 <laughs> as a... Uh, that's another reason I'm mentioning it. I get, get no kickbacks from this. I'll tell you, this is just something that Reva Cine have done, and thank you. So that's that's uh, applicable at checkout for... Uh, uh, give you $100 off for anything over $299 or more, I believe. Uh, and one last thing I want to mention, Mike. Uh, you might have other things, I don't know, but Audio Hijack... Uh, is uh, we've been recording on this podcast for a long time. We both have been using something called, uh, what's it called, Amadeus. That's I use Amadeus now when you and I are in the same room. I use yes. Audio Hijack when we're going over Skype or Wi-Fi over phone lines. Well, which version are you using? Okay, I'm I'm not on three. Yes. I'm on two. Okay, and I'm holding on two because. John Montgomery has been testing three, yes. and we're not suicidal. And so we thought, let's not just screw up the whole company. Okay. Let's, let's have yes. John test it. Once he's given me the thumbs up, I'll switch, because it's just too valuable. If you are feeling mildly suicidal, I have been feeling suicidal, and I've tested it, and so far I think it's okay. I think I might have recorded my audio for the last episode. You might not have used my audio, actually, but you might have. My, my side audio, I recorded using it. Audio Hijack 3... First of all, all of the podcast recording apps up until now have sucked balls, have been absolutely <laughs> dire and they require a whole bunch of other weird plug-in things and sound, something called Soundflower when you, download it, when you download it, it just invades your entire system with a shitload of stuff downloaded and installed into a, every particle of right. your system uh, affecting every single thing that you do involving audio regardless of whether you're podcasting. Audio Hijack 3, from what I can see and from my early experiences, looks it's fantastic if you're a podcast or if you're recording what the tricky bit has always been recording Skype from somebody else and your own audio it always required sometimes two bu- a whole bunch of other third-party stuff. This is like a simple drag-and-drop icon thing where you can... St- I want Skype and I want to record and here's some sound meters and it's real icon, real sort mm. of like a node-based thing, basically. Very simple. 
yet not stupid. Uh, and it's $49 or $29 if you're upgrading from an older version. So again, don't be suicidal. Check it, test it, give it a go. But so far, I'm yeah. because that Amadeus thing, I want to murder somebody who no, made no, it. I don't it's, like no, it's every I, time. I, but oh, I use Amadeus for when we're recording one on one. Yeah, but how many times have you gone to quit at the end of recording the thing and he goes, Oh, sorry, you're, I've, it just quits out on you as you try and save it? Never. You know what it's like? You're no, recording for two hours or an hour and a half or whatever, trusting that it is recording, it, it no, is I've saving as it goes. Oh, Pro. I've had a lot of problems with it. No, there are three so. tools that I use a lot in audio recording for podcasts and stuff. One is Amadeus Pro when we're in the room together. Yep. Uh, two is... Well, actually, okay, there are four things. <laughs> uh, I use... Three main weapons. Skype and, audio. you know, an audio hijack three. Cardinal Fang. And I also use the USB Pre 2 by Sound Devices. Oh, yes. The USB Pre that 2 by Sound Devices. The portable high-resolution audio interface marvelous box that I want to be buried with that has limiters and all sorts of wonderful things and just USB in. Yes. And... If I'm not using that, I use the Rode USB mic. Yes, um, the so when, podcaster. The podcaster, yeah. Because obviously what I prefer is the USB Pre 2 by Sound Devices because my XLR audio mics go into it, as does yours. And yes. uh, we've got controls, limiters, um, all the things I want. Yeah. But if I don't want to lug all that stuff, I can just take the mic, which is effectively then straight USB into my Mac. My headphones plug into the yes. mic. It all works. And it sounds good. And, and I've got to say, countless times I'll get on Skype or whatever with somebody and they'll say, oh my God, your audio sounds so good. Yeah. Um, you, can't, uh, yeah you can't walk away from the fact that to do good stuff, you need a good mic. Yep, definitely. But again, the half of the pain and a lot of the trouble is you're, you're trying to work out what to say. You're trying to work out time zones. You're trying to work out a lot of other stuff. What you don't want to be working out is how I record Skype on one side and me on the other side and also save two separate files and there's no crossover and you're not getting you're not recording them as a meshed thing where you can't then edit it earlier yeah edit it later on so yeah so I think hopefully John's testing will come to the same conclusion that this is the next best gold standard standard so we're we going to do a show before an AB. Yes, please do. Absolutely. As I say, I think I think the rumours are there'll be a couple more announcements to come, and most people will get all their announcements out before actual open day, apart from the final details from Red and whatever Black Magic show. So I think there will be definitely some stuff to talk about. Nothing you reckon pre- from from Ari that is at the show or Canon. That's well, just the there's show. still talk of them having a larger camera again, having like some six K something. I think that's been been in testing for quite a while, but. Uh, I don't know whether they'll show that. They might just tease it. I don't think Sony's going... I don't know. We're not, we're, normally, Sony will... Uh, have, at least last year, most of their announcements came before NAB. Uh, yes, and Canon, I believe, are going to announce everything. Uh, their final little... Uh, whatever it be. Their rumoured 4K camera just before NAB. So, hopefully, there'll be a bit more to talk about before it's wheels up. Don't you really just want a 5D Mark IV? No. Well, because if Canon make that, it'll be an optical. They're, they're still stuck with that's. I want. I would love a full, a, a full, a full frame 4K yeah. C300 would be cool. Hmm. I mean, I've kind of got that with what I've got there for 700 and then some. The problem with it, with Canon is that they have terrible 
slow-mo. Everything they do is always quite, you know, they seem to think that the world stops at 30 frames or 50 frames a second and not everything should be slow-mo, but it's nice to have 100 and whatever frames per second in your pocket for the odd shot. And True. Canon don't seem to believe that. And they still think a a Canon, a camera, a, a low-end digital cinema camera is uh, has got a mirror and an optical viewfinder. And, uh, yeah, so until they until they rethink that that uh ancient plan i don't think there's any 5d mark anything in in my future okay i have one it's called an a7s you you do swap cameras pretty much i mean that's absolutely not, not it's just a tool you know i don't i don't i don't i'm not trying to make a massive amount of money out of them i think it's whatever just gives me the better less screwing around on set and gives me maybe the edge over someone else or gives me the full frame look and uh yeah if it makes it just makes my i don't care i don't care what it is as long as I, it's not a pain in the ass to use and i get better looking images than at least some of the other guys out there and it leaves me creatively free to think about what i'm actually shooting and not how i'm shooting it right that's the main thing stay out of my way do a great job. Give me a nice look. Stay out of my way. Don't be a pain. Sit down, shut up. Take great images. Let me get on with the directing thing. Right. You know that it's Friday afternoon. Yes. You know that it's like Friday afternoon with a 15-knot breeze and sunny. <laughs> Off you go. Grab your sailing okay. bag. Have a good afternoon. Just saying. Just saying. Enjoy. <laughs> Do you want to come for a sale? Sounds good. Let's go. Okay. Thanks so much for being with us, guys. We'll see you before NAB. And, uh, yeah, obviously from NAB, Jason will be recording and doing a bunch of stuff. I'm off to America on Monday. I'm going up to uh, do stuff uh, actually in a different set of tech. I'm doing VR stuff in the U.S., which should be fun, but not to not to uh, preemptively do anything. But, obviously, that's uh, for FX Guide and FX PhD. I um, want to thank you guys for being with us this week. Until next time, I'm Mike Seymour. Thanks so much, Jace. Thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Send your questions or comments to rc at fxguide.com. Copyright 2011, FX Guide, LLC.